I don't think we're going to get a copyright infringement if we go a little lower on those. Nobody's paying attention to that stuff anymore. Nobody listens. Nobody listens to the show, for one thing. And nobody is going to be coming in here from Sunbow to go, hey, you guys are using the G.I. Joe the movie theme. This will be the one time that be the one time we get busted. What are you doing? You going somewhere? Uh, uh, hey, everybody. Here's that episode we promised you where we talk about the 1987 G.I. Joe animated movie. Um, we had thought about doing this episode last week, was it? Or the, no, the last a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, and then we ended up doing something else. So for those who missed it, let's recap as to let's let's talk about why why we're doing it. Okay, you want to tell it? Yeah, I'll tell it. That's okay. fine. I came into work. We can reenact it. Here, I'm in my. I don't office. know if it'll be okay. Make footsteps. People. Crashing through the night Whoa. comes of is it night sky? Crashing through the Whoa, sky. Whoa, Mike, why are you yeah. singing that? Oh, no reason, James. Uh, just well, this is weird. What? Let me get in my bag here. Huh? Look at this. Huh? huh? I brought GI Joe the movie today. What the heck? Are you kidding morning. me? Like I should watch. This. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding you. Cause guess what? What? I brought the same movie Are too. Are you kidding me right now? I'm not kidding at all. I have Whoa. it right now by my desk. This is so weird. What a coincidence that on the same day, it's like we bring this movie with us every single day, or talk about it, or think or about, about it, about it, or think about it, or, or anything. anything. I can't remember the last time I pulled out that DVD and watched GI Joe the animated movie. And then the same day, we both both GI Joe. We got to talk about this movie. This wow. is a, this is an omen that we have to talk about on the show. Okay. So that's what happened. Now we're back to re- now we're back to present day. Now it's present day again. So we're talking about this movie. Yeah. Um, that's a good cookie. It is good, isn't it? That's a good cookie, man. Yeah. That's a nice change of pace for the other one. I like the other one a lot. I do too. Mm. Reading an apple muffin top cookie. That's good. Um, Got little chunks of cinnamon in it. You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So did you see this in the theater? It, was, it didn't come to theaters. Okay. I... I that sounds right. So let's set the stage for it. Um, Hasbro had released My Little Pony to theaters and Transformers the movie to theaters, and they both did not perform well. Hmm. So G.I. Joe the movie, instead of going to theaters, <clears throat> was uh, shown on television as a movie event and straight to video. Okay. I think that G.I. Joe the movie was written first, or was being written at the same time as Transformers the movie. But some of the things, and we'll get to this as we talk about the movie, uh, some of the things that happened in Transformers the movie and the reception that it got changed G.I. Joe the movie. Um, one thing being the fact that it didn't make a lot of money, Transformers the movie didn't, so they didn't send G.I. Joe the movie to a theater. I wish it would have came to theaters, because I would have loved to have seen this in the theater. It would have been pretty cool. It would have been really cool. As far as this versus Transformers the movie, a lot of people, for some reason, they like to debate which one's the better animated movie. I don't think you need to do that. I don't think you need to do that either. I think they're both the pinnacle of each series. Yeah. I think mean, G.I. Joe, the movie is the best thing that came out of the trans or out of the G.I. Joe cartoon. Transformers, the movie is the best thing that came out of the Transformers cartoon. It's that's it. That's it. That's all you have to say. So you can like both point, of them. Yeah. You can like both. Nobody's going to criticize you if you like both. No. So at this point in time, I was nine years old. You were seven. 1987. You're seven. So well, I, 87. Sure, I was five. You're five, but I'm sure we were both pretty huge G.I. Joe fans at this point. Well, that's the interesting thing. 
I don't remember at that point ever having watched it on TV. Oh, really? Or knowing much about it. I might have had a, an action figure or two floating around somehow. My experience with it is I went to Big Lots, I think. Yeah. With my grandmother. And I picked this movie out to get a VHS tape. Oh. She bought it. She was disappointed that when she found out that it wasn't a live action movie, uh, I was okay because it was so freaking awesome. <laughs> I said, grandma, don't worry about it. Grandma, don't worry. And then I had another trip in relation to this to big lots. I think or odd lots. That's right. Yep. I've told yeah, a lot it, of those big lots. I told this story on here before, but I was going to, I had a pack of army ants in my hand. I was going to get the army ants. And I saw that GI Joe with Galobulus and uh, Nemesis Enforcer, right and I thought, I'll get, I'll get the three pack. You made the right choice. I did make the right choice. It was awesome. But anyway, this is the most. This and Batman and Turtles Two probably are competing for the most played VHS. I wore this tape out. The case is worn. Yeah. I don't even know where it is now, but the case was like. Mine was recorded off television. I didn't have the store bought mm. version for years. I got it years later, but. I had a recorded off TV version. Um, so I was a pretty big Joe fan going into it. I'd seen Transformers movie theaters. I was excited about there being a GI Joe movie. Cause I thought, Oh, I mean, back then you didn't know as a kid, you didn't read, you know, there weren't, there wasn't the internet. There wasn't magazines and stuff that you could just read about movies coming out. But I knew that I'd seen Transformers the movie theaters and I was hoping that there would be a GI Joe movie theaters and then it didn't happen. And then I remember seeing an ad in, you know, the, the weekly TV guide thing. And there was a little uh, thing at the bottom of one of the pages because they would have like these little blocks. It was almost like a newspaper print magazine thing. And they had a little, all the different shows that were coming on at the times, like a TV guide, but it was weekly inside your newspaper. Um, and they had a block at the bottom that said, uh, G.I. Joe, the movie premieres, whatever. And I was, I was losing my mind. I was like, G.I. Joe, the movie? What? G.I. Joe movie? This is what I've been waiting for. Um, and so, I mean, because I watched the cartoon, I had the toys. At, at, in 1987, it was probably the things I liked the most at that point were uh, G.I. Joe, Transformers, Ghostbusters, and um, still He-Man. I still liked He-Man, mm -hmm. just towards the tail end of He-Man, but that was the big lights at that time. Uh, now, I remember the day that was coming out. I've told this story on the show before. It was coming on, and I want to say it was like in the, in the evening or the afternoon, late afternoon. And we had to like go sell candy bars or something. There was some reason that we were out doing something. We were out walking, doing something. And I'm pretty sure it was selling candy bars for school. And I kept telling my mom, I have to get home. The G.I. Joe movie is going to be on tonight. We have to get home. I don't want to miss any of it. We have to get home. And I, I think I was saying that G.I. Joe's on. I, I don't want to miss G.I. Joe. And she just kept saying, well, it'll be fine. It's just G.I. Joe. You're going to be okay. And I, I, at the point, I think that during the walk, I had to explain to her, I was like, no, it's it's a movie. You it's don't understand. It's a movie. And then she's like, oh, I thought you just meant the cartoon. Mm. And so we had to rush home, and I got home right as it started. I, I want to say I, maybe I missed the opening sequence of the Statue of Liberty the first uh. time I saw it. Mm. Um, and then I got in there right as the whole infiltration of Pythona is happening, I, I think. Um, but I, of course, did end up seeing the opening sequence. But, man. It was, I was glued to my television watching this thing. Absolutely loved every minute of it. Um, I do want to put some perspective on how far away, before you start really discussing the movie. In 1980, we're 30 years past this movie now. 
which is crazy to me that this movie's 30 years old now. Because in 1987, if I would have thought about movies that were 30 years old at that point, that's movies like Bridge on the River Kwai, 12 Angry Men, and Fair to Remember, Jailhouse Rock. And those seemed ancient to me yeah. at that age. Those seemed like that's way in the past. That's like the beginning of Hollywood. That's I'll, I won't watch those movies. They're way old. Those are like <laughs> dinosaur movies. And I think about this movie now and my kids watching it. And I'm thinking, wow. This movie's 30 years old to them now, but it doesn't feel like that. Like yeah. it feels, maybe it's because we've grown up on it, that still feels so fresh and new. Well, does it feel like that to them? Have they watched it? Yeah, they've seen it. They love it. Yeah. Um, and it could be because it's a cartoon movie too, yeah. you know, but it's just so well done and it's kind of timeless. It's just a, a really fun movie to watch. Um, let's, okay, so let's jump in. You ready to just jump into the movie? Yeah. We got to start with that opening sequence. First of all, the song is great. Okay, so the the theme song for the TV show is fun, and it's mm-hmm. fine for what it is. Yeah. It's a little bit hokey. It is. And for them to take that, still use it, turn it into the chorus for this jamming yeah. song that gets me amped. And, I and it's so- the same voiceover segment. Like, it's the yeah. same exact yeah. thing. Where it's, uh, G.I. Joe is the codename for America's right. bearing. They use that same... Exact, yeah. Speaking part, they fit it in this. there. Yeah, um, that it, they did it. It's great. It's and the music itself, it's like emotional. Like dun, you can, dun, like dun, you get charged dun. up. Mm-hmm. It's like you feel danger and yeah. you get real charged up, and then it's like a celebration at the end. It feels the music like it works so well. Yeah, it was good. Um, but overall, the sequence itself is it gives you every single thing you need to know. About G.I. Joe. Much, like, if yeah. you ever just wanted to tell somebody what G.I. Joe was like, all I have to do is show them this two-minute sequence. And it tells you everything you need to know about G.I. Joe. It gives you the exact emotion that you want to have for G.I. Joe. Um, and it's the, the animation itself is so fluid and nice. And there's so much going on. I relate it to the uh, space battle at the end of Return of the Jedi, mm-hmm. where there's so much going on. In the background, there's just... It's so, like, even though it's animation, it's well choreographed where everything that's yeah. happening on the screen, you can look at certain things and go, oh, that's happening back there, and this is happening over here. And it all congeals and just works so well together. And the credit goes to Larry Houston, who's the one that kind of came up with this sequence and sort of directed it. And he's he did, uh, like, He-Man mini comics. He was an mm-hmm. artist on those. He worked at Filmation. And then he went on to be the creative kind of guiding, producing force of the X-Men animated series. Oh, okay. Um it's just an incredible sequence of Cobra and they're going to take over the Statue of Liberty and G.I. Joe's there and they fight him off and there's victory and um, there's character development between, you know, the way you see Cobra Commander acting and, yeah. and it's just, it's unbelievable. I was thinking about the technicality of it as I was watching it today where all the balloons go up. Yeah. And... Having to draw all, all those, those balloons. balloons for each frame and then the deep- It's not like today where you can just copy in the computer. Right. Like copy and paste these different yeah. things. The detail of the Statue of Liberty and everything that goes on in that intro is maybe just I can't I can't think of anything that's animated better than that. I can't either. And I, I have I have trouble thinking of a better two minute animated sequence than I that. can't think of any a, a show or anything that it's so good. I mean, 
Thundercats is, I mean, all the shows that were on Breaking and Bass stuff is fantastic, but I don't know that it's better. Yeah. Than that. It might be on the same level, maybe, but it's better. And it carries through. It's heightened for the, you could tell they put extra time into and sequence. extra care into that sequence, but the animation is real solid through the whole movie. There's, I totally agree. It's not like you're watching the show sometimes and you might have an episode, a full episode where it's obviously drawn by a different team. Yeah, exactly. Or, There's different animation um, companies that handle different episodes. Or a few scenes or something that, that might drop on quality or, you know, an eye goes over uh, the nose or something like that. Like, yeah. weird stuff. And it's not like that in this movie. Mm-hmm. They, You can tell that they put time into it. It's very telling, too, that people that even hate G.I. Joe the movie, right? which I, I still don't get anyone that hates the movie, but <clears throat> there are some that hate G.I. Joe the animated movie. They have to give credit to that opening sequence on the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. They always say, well, I, hate, I really hate the movie, but that Statue of Liberty sequence is amazing. Like, it's... And I still get emotional, like, watching it. Like, I hate Duke. I don't like Duke at all. I've never yeah. liked Duke. But when he shows up and, like... He's there and he's like, you know, ready to fight back. And he does the, yo, Joe, and yeah. they start attacking. I still get goosebumps. And like at the end, when he picks the flag up off the ground yeah. and flies it to the Statue of Liberty, I, I'm getting goosebumps even just thinking about <laughs> it. Like it's, it's weird, but it's, it's like such an emotional, it takes me right back to being a kid. But at the same time, even as an adult, I watch it and I'm like, man, they really put everything into this. Yeah. Like they really knocked it out of the park. They did. It's just great. I can just watch that on a loop. And be happy. Just I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't recommend it. Well, maybe I'll recommend it to people. Snake uh, Eyes only. It, it, I love Snake Eyes. He's my favorite. Yeah. Joe. This is his best moment in the entire movie, too. I think so too. In the intro, where he where he, he grabs the trouble bubble and flips it around yeah. and gets inside of it. That was so cool, man. Yeah. Alpine too, where he's climbing and he shoots the grappling hook and gets yeah. onto the fire bat and like breaks the glass. It's man, so cool. It's great. So cool. Keeps blazing. Keeps blazing. So um. So it, it, into the into the opening sequence, there's the intro, and then then there's a credit sequence. Then there's a credit sequence, and you're panning through the swamp, and this mysterious figure in a cloak. Well, I, real quick before we get onto her, um, d- since they have the credits during the sequence, I just yeah, mentioned yeah. the cast. Oh yeah. Um, oh, I was noticing the voice talent in this this time around, which I always have, but it's I, man. I mean, there's a lot of named like names in the voice industry, the voiceover industry that you see. You've seen a lot of these cartoons, and they do such an incredible job in the movie. But just like Transformers, the movie they brought in a couple of Hollywood names, mm-hmm. like in in Transformers, the movie you had Judd Nelson, who was big in Hollywood at the time, as Hot Rod, and you had Leonard Nimoy, kind of an an elder actor, and Orson Welles. In the villain roles, like Orson Welles as Unicron and um, Larry Nimoy as Galvatron. In this, we had Don Johnson, who was a big name, yeah. younger. He was younger then. He still wasn't young, but he was younger then. Uh, as Lieutenant Falcon, and then we had Burgess Meredith brought in as Globulus. So again, we had a sort of an older actor yeah. brought in as the villain character and sort of a younger, up-and-coming, hot actor as the introductory hero character. Um, and I think they all do a great job. Fantastic. Don Johnson's an awesome voice actor in this. And we'll get more into Falcon when we get to it. But I just yeah, want to mention yeah. it since they have the credits. But get, go ahead. Yeah. So Well, well, you, uh, of course it's Pythona. But you don't know who she is. Mm-hmm. Or even that it's a woman at, at, uh, 
maybe you don't care about that. Um, I don't remember caring about that. I don't remember. I don't either. Right, when she gets to the end and she pulls her hood off and it's a woman, I don't remember. Going, oh, a woman, wow. Even as a kid being like, oh, she can't do that. But that whole, once again, I, I'm i amazed by the fluidity totally. of and the choreography of the fight sequences in that where she's she's hitting down the Cobra guards and she, and she slaps the uh, squid things on their faces yeah. and she's running through the thing and there's the spikes that shoot at her and she's, I mean, it just builds and she's it's so good. And she's going through these doors. These doors are slamming shut. And the last, I, I noticed this as a child and this always gets with me. The fabric. But, yes. When the doors yep. slam on the last one, it barely just nips the end of her cloak. And there's just a tag. A little fabric kind of yeah, little, away. Yeah. There. A little bit of fabric on the thing. Such a good, touch that yeah, it didn't have to really, do and it just it makes it so much cooler like that's well, a close call that that, yeah. that illustrates how close the yeah. call was um yeah i i agree with you what you're saying too but I, it really doesn't wasn't a big deal to me that it was a woman like it was not like yeah, think, here's the big reveal that it's a woman character um the uh before that get in, in, before she as she's being introduced there's also at the same time as the happening is sort of the for those that weren't hip to it at that point, maybe, or that weren't watching the cartoon, there's a, there's a whole battle going on basically between Serpentor and Cobra Commander mm -hmm. where they're showing that there's a breakdown in the leadership of Cobra between Cobra Commander and Serpentor and who's really the leader of Cobra and them fighting back and forth. And I just want to touch on that real quick. As far as Cobra Commander and Serpentor, which did you prefer? Well, uh, like I said, I didn't really watch the cartoon much. Well, even looking back or, at it now. Or even... <sighs> Cobra Commander, visually, I think, is a really solid design. Um, <clears throat> but he is weak. Yeah. I mean, and my my impression of, him, of both can't be separated from this film, really. Um, and as a testament to this film, everything is set up so well that I didn't need... I didn't lose anything. I mean, there was no context of the show or the characters that was lost. Yeah. And it wasn't like, oh, I don't understand this. Everything's laid out pretty clearly yeah. uh, within the context of the film. So my preference, I don't know. See, I, I, I guess I'm because I grew up with it before the show. Yeah. You know, I, would, I, would, I was always the Kirk Mander yeah. guy. It was, he was so much more fun to watch and more of an interesting character, even before finding out anything origin-wise about him. He was just more interesting as a character to watch. And I, I was kind of, even though I had Serpentor as a figure and, you know, I liked playing with Serpentor as a kid and I liked watching Serpentor, it always just felt like he was kind of boring. Like it was just like, he, he, he's yeah. this genetically engineered guy that's all these, these people put together, but he's not interesting. He's not a fun villain there's to watch. There's certainly no dynamic yeah. with him like there is with Cobra Commander where exactly. there's the evilness, but the cowardly aspect and car commander was very fun to watch. And Serpentor yeah. just came across sort of a boring villain. Yeah. You know, he was just, I totally good. understand that. Yeah. Um, okay. So anyway, so Pythona gets introduced. Pythona is introduced. And then that directly sets up the, she's after, you know, she BET. wants Cobra commander to get the BET, the, uh, broadcast energy transmitter from Joe that was Joe's working on. And then they, he cut almost immediately to GI Joe working on it. And they're talking about with with just a little bit of dialogue, they explain everything that's going on with the device itself and why they're creating it. And 
easy peasy. I mean, yeah. it's, it's such it's pretty cut and dry. The writing, we take that for granted. You look at stories now and people don't know how to fit that in. There's all this, you know, all this exposition with like, try, try, how do we, how do we give this information? Yeah. And they don't know how to weave it in naturally into dialogue and stuff. And totally. It, she, she lets them, uh, Serpentor know that they need the BET, but she's not spelling out why just yet. But then yeah. you get introduced to what the BET is and what it can do. And then Cobra's going after it. And then, you know, they get, they have the giant battle and they get to Cobra Law. And then you kind of find out why Cobra Law needs the BET yeah. to do this thing. But yeah, it's, it's, it's paced evenly yeah. to get to the point where you understand the plot and where, why certain characters need certain things. And it never feels like the BET, even though the BET is a plot device, it's not just like this weird kind of out of nowhere thing. The GI Joe's had technology and they have, yeah. you know, it's, it's very organic the way the whole thing unfolds. Um, I also, as, as you watch the film and coming to it as an adult now and looking at Transformers, the movie and what they were doing and looking at GI Joe, the movie and what they were doing, they did a good job of showing you the stuff that you've already have all the existing characters, mm -hmm. but making it so that they become occupied and they're doing other things. Yeah. And the, so you have these new characters that are kind of weaved into the story yeah. that are obviously there now to sell these new toys. They're introducing a new toy line and they're introducing these new characters, but it's, it's so kind of just like, it works so well and it's not abrupt and everything yeah. you, you saw your yeah. other characters and you're not really losing them. They're just kind of off doing these other things and you know that they're occupied and they have their yeah. own story and it's being carried away here. And when these new characters show up and they're, they're doing their thing, you don't feel like they're replacing your old characters. They're just kind of right. Cause everybody's still yeah. active. I mean, they're and, all still and everybody gets little yeah. parts like low light comes out and he's like showtime. And it, then, I mean, it's an incredible amount of characters. Yeah. I think before the Simpsons, I think GI Joe, the cartoon had the record for the amount of named mm. characters that were in a cartoon series. Um, and in this movie, you get so many of them and they're all, they're there and they're yeah. all feel like they're having their own little part to play yeah. in the movie. Um, snake eyes gets slighted somewhat because he's the silent character. So it's it, kind of yeah. tougher. And he was always kind of slighted on the cartoon. Anyway, yeah. the comic is rarely where snake eyes, would shine. Um, but yeah, I just thought that that was really, and looking at it again as an adult, like, wow, they did a really good job of coming up with reasons why these things are going on over here and weaving in these new characters and making them work yeah. without you feeling like, oh, well, they're replacing my old characters. It's part of the story. And it, I mean, it's, it's almost one of the main aspects of the story. So that's the story that's being told. And yeah, I, I don't feel like anybody got slighted. Yeah. And, and this was my first exposure really but um it still holds up really yeah, well sure let's does. talk about the new recruits uh, well i, I want to talk about the rest of cobra law guys first. okay let's talk, talk about, about cobra yeah we get to the, the point okay in the story where uh the joes are testing out the bet cobra shows up to take the bet serpentor is the only one that knows about pythona and right. the whole plot at this point um so they go after the BET. Serpentor gets captured, I think, at that point, right? Because mm -hmm. he gets fried on the BET. Mm -hmm. um, and they, so they, they don't get the BET yet. And then Cobra uh, s takes them to the mountains because he knows a place where they can find sanctuary. And that's a point where you then realize that Cobra Commander somehow is related to these newer characters. Yeah. And so you get to that area 
and then you're introduced to reintroduced to Pythona again, and Nemesis Enforcers is for the first time you see yes. him in the sequence. Um, and the Royal Guards and all those guys. Nemesis Enforcer. I I love Nemesis Enforcer when, I, when so I was a kid. Cool. And he's still cool now. He's still cool now. I could understand oh, you're talking about some people hating the movie. And I guess my guess is that all of the hatred stems from just Cobra Law yeah. and things being so it's sci-fi pushed into that sci-fi yeah. realm. But Cobra, I mean, it's, it's grounded in reality Yeah, and it's never, I don't know. It didn't seem like it was going too far for me and, and maybe it's because it's, I caught it early, but I, you know, I, I treat the cartoon as a separate thing from the comic. You know, the comic and the cartoon are two totally separate entities. And the toy line is kind of both of those things together. You know, the the comic is trying to make sense of some of the crazy things of the mm-hmm. toys, and the cartoon is embracing the crazy things of the toys. Um, but here's my thing, is that if you liked the cartoon, then you should like the movie. Because there's so many crazy things going on in the cartoon before this point. I mean, Serpentor alone, and him being this... This kind of amalgamation of all these different DNAs, Cold all these guys. Yeah, Cold Slither and Destro. Viper Destro's and, got a metal face. Yeah, that you've got uh, the functions the like where they took the, the circulating restaurant into space and all this crazy <laughs> stuff that happened in the cartoon series. That it's really not that far fetched in, yeah. in GI Joe the movie. They didn't take it any really further than they did the series. I can only see it from the standpoint is if you're hardcore only the comic and you never liked the cartoon yeah. and hating the movie. Okay, I can understand it. Um, but it's going to have some sci-fi elements. And I think there are sci-fi elements that were well handled. I think Cobra Law was well handled in the movie. It Okay, so for those who don't quite know, Cobra, Cobra Law is like this ancient race of beings that has been living underground basically for thousands, for millennia. And um, and that's where Cobra Commander originates from. And He's sent out yeah, by them. They sent him out into the world to be sort of their representative so kind of that, raise up an that, army for them. that sort of explains the cobra name and yeah. the snake theme and um and the characters are handled in a way that um everything with them is natural and organic yeah. pretty much they don't have like machines and weapons so uh little things like the 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 bunch of crabs being the red carpet when they dump out the so cool. the the thing of crabs and all the crabs crawl over each other and lay out flat so that they can be a red carpet for Cobra, uh, Serpentor. Yeah. It's like, that is cool. That and is it, so cool. And it's, it's, it's viable. And the thing that makes it, I, it sounds ridiculous now when I'm saying it, but if you're watching it, it makes so much, uh, they, they handled it really well in, yeah. in explaining because, uh, Galobulus, who is voiced by Burgess Meredith, which gives it weight and credibility, I yeah. think. His his voice acting in this oh, it's great. is so spot on and so serious. Yeah, when he's explaining things. Yeah, and he goes back and tells the whole story of how all this happened. He puts it in the context of, of uh, biological evolution and um, works all this out. It's like, yeah, this is plausible. Yeah. I mean, this is not, this is it's not, not so... It's not that crazy far-fetched yeah, you know because in comparison to the other things they were doing yeah they were working with you know this plant life that has these spores and and that's what caused cobra commander's craziness and yeah and that whole sequence of there are him, plants that do stuff like that so 
the fact that they're... I also like the whole... You know, okay, so the origin of Cobra Commander in the comics is that he's this, this kind of this guy that becomes a used car salesman and his brother gets killed in this car accident. He kind of blames military and society and he's going to raise up this this force to fight society and fight the military. And, you know, it's... It, it, I like it. I, I've always... I love the comics. But I also don't hate the the origin from the movie. Yeah. I don't mind him being the scout that they send out that then fails. Yeah. And then they're going to punish him when they get him back. That sounds more interesting. That's more interesting to me. It's, it is. You know, they play it out for a long time in the comic and it works. And there's a lot more than what I'm saying there yeah. to it. Um, but... As far as the the cartoon version of the character and where he is and uh, his evolution from where he raises up Cobra to then them getting him back and telling his origin and this punishment they're going to give him over his failure, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Yeah. As a kid, the whole where they're telling his past, he's this brilliant noble man and he's doing this experiment and he gets hit with the spores and you see his face for the first time with all yeah. those eyes all over it. That was so cool as a kid. I was like, man, that is really cool. That's what's under that mask. Kind of explains the the faceplate being a full face. Yeah, because he's covered in these like disgusting yeah, eyes yeah. all over his face. Um, so that to me, as a kid, I loved it. I ate it up. I was like, man, this is the coolest thing getting to see this stuff about Cobra Commander. But going back to all these new and introduced characters for Cobra Law, um, Nemesis the Forcer, such a cool design, such a cool character. Doesn't speak. Mm-hmm. Um, he was just like like the Wolverine. Yes, he was the Wolverine of... of, He was just so cool and tough and big wings and these spikes coming out of his elbows. He was just so cool. And then you get his toy. Oh, the toy. And it's like... They really... It's cool. They really skimped on the They really skimped on him. You get get these weird wings. He's really tall in the movie and he's not... He's not. The figure's not that tall and then he's kind of... Round and soft, and he's got this, this wing pack. This little tiny, little tiny bat wings that plug into the back. They're not big, and they're not intimidating. They're not big, and the spikes on his arms aren't spikes. They're, they're kind of they're rounded off, and they're tiny. And yeah, he was very disappointed. It was a disappointment. I had him as a kid. Yeah, and I played with him all the time because he was Nemesis Enforcer. But yeah. man, oof, that one was rough. You wanted it, was, it to be I better. I wanted it to be better. Galobulus was a decent figure. Yeah. And I can never decide if that weird spore octopus thing, the green eight-armed pack, yeah. if I was meant to put that on Galobulus or if that was something else to put on. Yeah, was that supposed to go on? It was so weird. Like was it was supposed just to like, wrap around a, a foe or something? Yeah, I, I never understood really what that thing was supposed to be. Yeah. You also got Galobulus in the snake form, and I always wanted him in that pod form, which he was in most of the movie. He was floating around in that pod. And then instead of Pythona, they give you the Royal Guard, yeah, Royal which Guard. was the coolest figure in the three-pack. Yeah. But... Very neat. Why would you not get Pythona? Very neat design for those. Very neat design. I don't know. You know, there's there's always the speculation that boys' toys never wanted to make female figures because boys didn't want to buy them. But if it's in the three-pack, you're buying the other two anyway. Not only that, but I don't think that's... It's certainly not true for G.I. Joe, mm-hmm. and they made late, they made the female characters. Yeah. At that, they I made bet, tons at that of point, them. they had made... They made Lake J, yeah. Covergirl, Scarlet, Baroness, Zorana. Right. They made tons of girls so, already. So... Not so that doesn't amount. so that doesn't fly. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it was just like I don't know. Here's... I would have much rather as a kid, and I don't want to spend too much time on this. I would have much rather the three pack been the three characters you only need one of, which is Galobulus, Nemesis right. Enforcer, and Pythona, and the Royal Guards yeah, single parted, yeah. and you could bought more than one of him. Yeah, you could army built with him. That seems like the perfect idea to me. Anyway, okay. So 
I also want to talk about, um, like you were saying about all the creatures and stuff, and that, we'll get yeah. more into that. I mean, I don't know if we'll cover it as we go on or not, but I'm kind of disappointed that all we got out of this movie for Cobra Law was that three pack. It'd been so oh, cool yeah. to see an entire segment of the GI Joe line embrace these bio weapons and these creature, um, like almost conveyances and creature yeah, enemies, like a boxed, like one of those spider things to yeah. fight a GI Joe figure. That would have been awesome. Yeah. Like I would have loved to have weird creatures to fight my GI Joes. I wanted a, a just a movie line. That had yeah. All that stuff. That would have been so cool to yeah. see some kind of segment other than just that three pack that embraced all the crazy weird creatures that you see throughout the movie. Yeah. And it, it kind of feels like maybe they were shooting for that, but then it didn't, since it didn't go to theaters, it yeah. didn't happen and it didn't become a new segment of the show or whatever. Um, but yeah, all the creature stuff was so cool. All right. So we've talked about the new recruits for Cobra and the Cobra law team. Um, let's talk about Joe's recruits. Joe's. So we have two segments of Joe's for new Joe's that we have. We have the raw hides. Yes which are um, sort of the rookie guys that are being yeah. put through the ringer that Beachhead's training. And that's Big Lob, who's like the basketball guy. Tunnel Rat, who's this kind of smaller guy that can infiltrate places. He crawls through the sewers through and tunnels, tunnels and yeah. stuff. Then you've got Chuckles, who doesn't really have any speaking lines that I can remember. He does. I don't think he does. Yeah, he's kind of like the, the, the tough guy. That he's. I don't know what to make of him. He's quiet. Yeah, he's strong, uh, it seems like. He's strong. He's brave. He's much more drawn out in the comic than he is here. Yeah. In the comic, he's sort of this undercover guy that that works better than this does. And I, I can kind of understand why they couldn't do it a lot with him here yeah. because that's not really much you can do with him in this movie. Yeah. You can't make like the undercover guy or the infiltration guy. Next like time, that. Chuckles, use the rocket launcher. So he gets demoted to just being a guy that carries around big weapons at the end, shoots a rocket launcher and throws rockets. Um, but, and then we get, uh, Jinx, Jinx, who's got a major role in the movie. Yes. Who's their, um, martial arts, Asian female. And then we've got, uh, law and order. Yes. Who's, uh, I was always a fan of the ones that came with a, an animal. Yeah. And then the, the coolest of the recruits, Falcon. I was going to ask you who your favorite one was. Lieutenant Falcon by far. Really? He is so cool. As much as I love Snake Eyes, he's Don Johnson. He's the coolest dude around, man. He's he Don is Johnson. so cool. And when he does that, when he's taking her on a date, he skirts the whole <laughs> yeah. training sequence. And the tunnel rat's like, I think he had a date or something. And he is having a date. Yeah. He's taking this girl into the G.I. Joe headquarters. He shouldn't be doing. He's got himself a blonde. He wants to impress her. And she's like, don't try scaring me, Falcon. I'm, I'm, don't try spooking me, Falcon. I'm scared enough as it is. Scared enough as it is. The only thing you have to worry about is Falcon himself. No. And he's like... When, uh, the only thing when you, you have when to you fear, have Lieutenant Falcon as your guy. The, the only, only thing, thing you have to fear is Falcon, Falcon himself. <laughs> and he pulls her in close. Yeah. And then he like he's shooting the tech manuals and just one over the shoulder. Yeah. So he's so cool, man. And it's the Don Johnson voice has a lot to do with he's, it. But he's but he's so cool, man. His character is the one that has the largest arc. Oh, for sure. I mean, he is the one that has the arc. Yeah, he's in, the, in he's the, the hot rod of this movie. Yeah. Um. Well, the reason why I didn't ask who your favorite was is because as I was. Going through, I was like, I don't know if I can pick a favorite. Really? I mean, Falcon's the easy favorite because he's the star in the movie. I, I'm thinking, like, who's the dud here is what I was really trying to figure Chuckles out. Chuckles is the dud. I, d- I like... not much to do I with like, him. I know, but I like him. I like him, too. He's got the he's got the Hawaiian shirt on. He's got, other than the outfit, there's not much to him. If you think of him as a team, 
Yeah. He's the he's the silent guy who kind of stands off to the end, but he comes through. He comes through. He starts the the tomahawk by like pushing the propellers. Yeah, I mean you don't know what's. Yeah. I mean, he's not. Tunnel rat's real. He's not great, but I like him. Tunnel rat is he's so very funny. He's funny. He's tough. He's got cool accessories. They all yeah. look great. They're all great designs. Big Lob is a lot of fun, and he's you know he's going to get a toy. I know it's ridiculous. Not until the the, the club. Right. Same with Pythona. Pythona and Big Lob ended up getting toys years, years down the line. But yeah, you had all the, the raw hides except Big Lob. Yeah. Uh, I didn't get that. I wanted Big Lob. Uh, yeah. Uh, really, other than Falcon and Jinx, Big Lob and Big Tunnel Rat are the stars of the raw hides. Yeah. He's he's going through the training sequence yeah. and he's. Big Lob makes his move. He's doing uh, calling out uh, sports commentary yeah. while he's doing it. Uh, uh, very fun. Jinx is was always one Super of my favorites. Cool. First of all, just any ninja was cool. Yeah. But she was a red ninja. She was a red ninja. And, and a girl. And a girl. And when um she and she didn't take crap from Falcon. Yeah. The, Still with Falcon. I'm allergic to baloney. I'm allergic to baloney. <laughs> nice legs for a grease monkey soldier. Yeah. <laughs> and then he smacks he's so cool. her. He smacks her on the butt. Hey, kiss it and make it better. Yeah. He, he's, so, he's so cool. He smacks man. her on the butt. He's like the Han Solo of G.I. Joe. Um Yeah. Uh, and Beachhead is interacting. Law and Order yeah. is so great too. Yeah, they're all great. They're, they're looking for the bomb. Yeah, and uh, he's like explaining how the dog seeks the bomb, and then you know I'll Law call. Law and Order is a team, man. I, I drive the car, he finds the bomb. We tried it the, the other way, way, but it didn't but work. It didn't work. <laughs> that's that's funny. That's funny. It's good. Um, it ends with Jinx. I think all the training, all the yeah, that montage, all the different ends with Jinx training people, except for Falcon because he. It. Right, uh, and uh, and Beachhead takes her out at first, and she's, and then you find out that her secret power, really, and that's not a secret power, but it, her uh, her thing is she puts on a blindfold, and yeah. she's like, "Let's try that again," which ties in the comic because there was the blind master in the oh, comics, yeah. which I never showed in the cartoon, but it kind of ties in with that. Mm-hmm. The sequence where she where she's got the pugil stick and she kind of lifts it up with her leg and flips it. That's the same. It's animated so. It's the same sequence, yeah. Well, no, I mean, just, I'm just saying that animation. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That animation where she like picks up her foot and then uh, like flips it up. Yeah. It's like so fluid. Like that fight with her and Beachhead. Yeah. Is really really well animated. I was thinking about that during all of these things. Uh, like Beachhead when he throws the bomb when he's with Law and Order and he he throws yeah. the bomb. His his whole wind up and throw is very fluid too, and I almost wondered if and they the had the rotoscoped dog. it. But the way the dog kind of pushes yeah. his leg out of the way from underneath him—that's and those are kind of things. Yes, and those are kind of things. As a child watching it, they stood out to me. It stuck with me, and I noticed there are certain pauses as he's like he's moving in a way that it's. I don't know that it's natural, but yeah. it's mimicking natural movements and, and totally. pauses in the way the body moves and. Man, so good. Um, so yeah, I don't have a favorite new recruit. I love the whole Me new too, team, man. though. They're all great. There's not a. There's not, not a. Dud. There's not a dud. There's not a. I, if I was like I said, if, I, if, I, had if pick, I had to pick a dud, it would be Chuckles, just because they don't have. I love his as much character exploration. For him. Yes. he didn't talk. I love his look, though. His, his look is really cool. He makes up for it. Um, before we get to the Renegades, mm-hmm. uh, I want to get back to Cobra. So Serpentor at this point, so we introduced the rawhides. Serpentor is now in the jail cell. Which, where are we at? Right, forty minutes. Yeah. It's crazy. Serpentor has been captured by the Joes, and so the Cobra La people basically are hiring 
the dreadnoughts because mm-hmm. they give him that giant gem a gem of that size answers, answers all my questions, questions. yeah Zartan is so cool uh so they basically are hiring the dreadnoughts to help break out serpentor which to me looking back at it is really neat because it still treats the dreadnoughts like mercenaries like mercenaries yeah. and it's still even though they're they're old figures and you've had them around for a while it still is is making them an actual an active part of the movie yeah. and it's not just okay cobra law is not going to go break it out all these new guys are going to do this thing no all these guys that you have already and that they've been on the shelves for a long time are still part of this and they're still going to have an integral role in the movie and the whole her being disguised as heather and then taking a dip love oh. that was so cool man i didn't see that coming i didn't either as a kid as a kid i didn't see it coming i didn't see it because she goes all the i mean she's off base and she's yeah taking a dip love it's so cool and um him, yeah she throws him up sarana i didn't know it was you yeah. and, uh, she's, and you find out she's infiltrated by getting a date with falcon she's taking pictures of all of, you know, everything to so they can figure out a way to break Serpentor that out. That brings me to one of my favorite parts of the movie. One of my exactly. favorite sequences of the movie is when Falcon goes to Jinx where she's working on the thing. Totally. And yeah. he I, I wrote this down. Smacks her on the yeah. tail and he and she's like, Shouldn't you should be doing guard duty? And he's like, Ah, relax. Yeah. And and he's explaining all the things that need to be done in order to break in. And he's saying how it's impossible. But as he's explaining it, they're showing Cobra actually doing, doing those it things. and getting and, fi- and, the, and finding ways to get through yep. the things that he's talking about. It's a very well done sequence. It's great. And, and by the time you get to the end of his explanation, they've gotten through and, and the alarm, story and the me. alarm goes off. Yeah. And she's, and he's like, Oh man, you are bad luck. Cause yeah. she, cause she's jinxed. You're not exactly a rabbit's foot yourself. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, that's, it's so yeah. well done. Yeah. I love it. It's, it's so well done, man. And again, it's showing that the dreadnoughts, are good at what they're doing. Yeah. You know, that they're, you know, that they figured all this stuff out. They have to get all this, they fake the ID bracelet. They know this is coming and they know this is going to happen. You know, and that they can't get through certain elements without Nemesis Enforcer doing his thing. Yeah, Python. Yeah, yeah. Um, they still are prepared to get through these things together. Yeah. Uh, and of course, they break Serpentor out. A bunch of the Joes get hurt. Um, and Falcon then gets the blame because he deserted his post. There's another thing about the movie that I really liked is that things have consequences. Yeah. Um, so here you have an animated movie, which has plenty of battles in it too, but there's some downtime in this movie, like where there's just conversation and here you have Falcon going through a court martial hearing. Yeah. Which is not something as a kid that you think, I mean, you think like, ah, kids don't want to waste time with this, but it's totally necessary. Yep. Cause it moves the story. Along. It moves the story along and it builds some tension and it shows that Duke is trying to stand up for him and, and then you find out that Duke and he are half brothers, which I think was a, kind of an unnecessary. Yeah, it didn't, thing. Didn't, didn't need to be that but at all. At the same time, it does give credence to something that happens afterwards, um, and it gives yeah. weight to it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so then Falcon's in trouble, and he gets, but he gets kind of saved by the fact that Duke reveals this thing that they're half brothers. Yeah. He says there's still a Joe in there that's worth saving. Um, and then a really cool sequence where. Hawk's like, you're not going to be remanded for court martial, but you still have to pay for the seriousness of crimes. I'm sending you to the slaughterhouse. And he hits this gavel uh, and it pulls back and like, it's like almost like a cover of comic where it's like, right. there's darkness and it's like surrounding him, this beam of light. And it's, it's, it's really surreal well for a second. Yeah. It's his emotion of yeah, being like, sentenced maybe, to Like thing. he knows what the slaughterhouse is, but we are, we're not privy to what the slaughterhouse is yet. 
I absolutely 100% love the Slaughterhouse. I love Sergeant Slaughter. I love the. Uh, I wish Renegades. this would have been the introduction of the Slaughterhouse of Sergeant Slaughter's character. He'd already been appearing on the cartoons yeah. at this point. This feels like his introduction, though. Yeah, it it does. feels like the introduction to the Sergeant Slaughter character and what he means for Jim Once Joe. again, the movie taking care of everything. If you hadn't seen yeah. it, it just wraps, it just puts everything in there so nicely. Um, but yeah, Sergeant Slaughter. So he gets dropped in the middle of nowhere and he runs into these three. Well, first, he sees Mercer and he sees the Cobra symbol on his shirt, yeah. which has a little thing through it. So it looks like no Cobra, but he still sees it. He's like, Cobra. And they have this fight. And he starts and to fight him immediately. Yeah, immediately going to fight. Yeah. Uh, and then you get introduced to the three other new characters introduced for the film, for the Joe side. And that's uh, Red Dog, mm-hmm. who's an ex-football uh, player. Yes. Taurus, who is a circus performer. Yes. And Mercer, who's the coolest of the three, in my opinion, who's an I, ex-Cobra Viper. I agree with now that. now joined Joe, and he still wears elements of his Viper yes. outfit, which is way cool. Oh man, it's. I uh, wish as a kid that that figure, because those three figures came together as well. Yeah. You got Red Dog, Taurus, and Mercer. I wish that the Mercer figure would have used more elements of the Viper figure. Yeah. I would have much rather than it done the new thing with him. I wish he looked more like a Viper, but other than that, that's a minor complaint. Such a cool idea. Really neat idea, um, because he has insight into yeah. Cobra's doings, and it's not done very often. I love the I love the idea flip character of a character who's switched sides and. Um, they all have their own personalities and they're all ribbing yeah. Falcon and Falcon, you know, he's got this arrogance to him, of course, but he's going through the hero's journey. Basically he's, yep. he goes out here and he, uh, he, he screws up and then he goes out here to, to train and they're all giving him guff and he's finding, I mean, he's given it as good as he's yeah. got to give, but he's finding out that he really is falling short. It's like me when I was playing basketball in eighth grade at a small school. And then I, you know, went to high school and thought I'm going to be on the team and I'm going to be sweet. Well, because I was, <laughs> because I was beating fifth graders, yeah. you know, uh, I like the part where they're starting to like him too. Like you can see elements like when he's doing the yeah. chin-ups and he's, he's worn out yeah. and red dog grabs his belt and, and helps him yeah. do the last few chin-ups or whatever. Right. I think that's cool. Then little things that they throw in there, that just give you a feeling that, some time is, is passing and they're going yeah. from being having animosity towards each other to becoming their own little team. Yeah. The, the group of them together. He's earning that every yeah. step of the way, you know, cause he's not giving up. And this is once again, this is just good story. Yep. It's just, you could say, Oh, well that's, that's always the way it goes. Yeah. Yes. Because that's what people want to see. Yes. That's what works. So uh, then they, they have to infiltrate a terror drone. Mm-hmm. And Falcon comes up with the idea of leaving the weapons behind, and they all kind of give him. They are like, mm. yeah, they don't like that. They yeah. don't like that. They want that's to like, with him. That's the kid that wants yeah. to get extra homework. Or but now whatever. he's kind of proving himself that right. he's he's wanting to do this. Like right. he's part of this. Um, meanwhile, Cobra Commander goes through his trial, and he gets hit with these hit with the spores. Yeah. Um, so he become he starts to devolve into a snake, and his his outfit gets torn away, yeah. and it's a really cool sequence. Where his like shirt rips open, yeah. and you can see his skin turn into like snake skin. Yeah. So neat, so cool looking. I wanted a figure of that so bad as a kid. Yeah, I wanted the half devolved snake uh, Cobra Commander, where he's turned into the snake. And then the Joes, who have been captured at this point by Cobra Law, yeah. are are trying to make their escape, and Roadblock is kind of leading the charge to have them escape. 
And as they're leaving, Cobra Commander kind of tries to stop them. And he's explaining that they're heading into a trap. Uh, Roblox the only one that hangs. Roblox the only one that hangs back hangs a little back. bit. And he's listening to yeah. Cobra Commander. And then he has to fight Nemesis Enforcer, but he gets blinded. And then you get the weirdest kind of duo that works. Another great dynamic that. Such a cool idea. Not something that you would see all the time, which yeah. is the good guy who now needs the bad guy. Who's, the bad guy who needs the good guy. And the bad guy who needs the good guy because he's been tri- been tried and betrayed yeah. basically by his own or he's failed his own and has been He's punished. turning into the snake. Right. And, and so Roadblock is carrying Cobra Commander uh, to get out of Cobra Law and with hopes that they can fix Cobra Commander. Yeah. Now, if you think about that, you would, I mean, that's crazy. You would let him go, but you know that the intention was to, to fix him. Yeah. Uh, help, see if he could help him. Um, and Cobra Commander's motivations here are, because he even says, uh, Roblox saying, what's that sound? When they're launching the spores, and he's like, the beginning of the end of human civilization. And it's almost like Cobra Commander doesn't want that to happen now. Yeah. Like, he doesn't want human civilization to end, because he's become kind of part of it now. Even though he wants to rule it, yeah. he's now part of it. Uh, and so now they have to work together to get, he says, unless you can warn G.I. Joe in time. And so now they have to work together because Cobra Commander can't walk basically because yeah. he's turned into a snake and Robot can't see. So now they have to work together to get back to Joe. And that's just, and it's a little, I mean, it's not even the main part of the story, well, but it's so it's, cool. It's another subplot yeah. that gets started. I mean, you're maybe half, halfway, At uh, least halfway a, a third through the movie probably. when that happens. And then that, subplot is going and they keep cutting back to them to those two and yeah. the, the trials that they're going on, on their journey um and you just don't know i mean and then duke gets hit in the heart with the snake yeah so then we get the whole sequence of them going after the bet again to capture it they need it to yeah. start to ignite the spores in orbit or have them mature in orbit or whatever and that leads to a big fight with gi joe and cobra and a lot of the creatures this is where we see a yeah. lot of the creatures the larger creatures attack for the first time um and Falcon is fighting Serpentor, and then Duke jumps in on the fight, and Duke takes the snake that was being thrown the at The spear, the snake Falcon. spear. And then they all retreat. They get they get the BET. Basically, Joe is beaten now. Like, everything's been... Yeah. They're wrecked. Uh, they've got the BET. Uh, Serpentor's free. It's Everything's in the hands of Cobra and Cobra Law now. And Duke is now laying there dying. And... The way it was originally written is Duke does die. Yeah. Like he dies in the movie. And that's what led to them writing in Optus Prime dying. Cause they looked at it as, okay, well, that's a good way to introduce our new main hero. Mm-hmm. The backlash for Prime's death was so huge. Parents hated it so much cause all the kids hated it. I remember as a kid being heartbroken when I saw that in the movie theater that they went, okay, we can't do that. We can't kill off Duke. Yeah. But the animation is there. I mean, mm-hmm. all the lines that tell you Duke is not dead are except for maybe one or two are spoken with off camera. Yeah. Like a person speaking, you're not seeing anybody actually saying these lines. And if you watch the movie and you just watch the reactions and even if you just turn the sound off, it's obvious he dies right? because the characters are crying. Um, and man, I really wish it would have been like that. Cause you hate Duke. Not only cause <laughs> I hate Duke because it gives the movie weight. Yeah. It really kind of feels like a little bit of a cop out. It is a little bit, but when they're crying and they go, he slipped into a coma. Yeah. Really? He slipped into a coma? He just got stabbed through the heart. Yeah. And you're crying about him slipping into a coma? Shouldn't you be, like, getting him somewhere? It, it just it makes the whole scene kind of yeah. not work as well when it's him not dying. And it's obviously meant for him to be dying. Um, I'm giving it a pass. But, I, you know, yeah, I, I still love it no matter yeah. what. 
But it does work better as a death than yeah. it does as him slipping into a coma. Anyway, so then we have the, you know, the Joes are beaten down. They've lost this. Uh, Cobra Commander and Roblox eventually make their way back to the Joes. Get, yeah. At this point, Cobra Commander is really devolving, and they can't do anything to save him. This is another very interesting point, is that he completely turns into a snake and slithers off, and that's it. Well, it, he, it's, he hangs on. Because the, the only way they can get... They try to re-infiltrate Cobra Law because they know where the BET is. And a lot of the Joes get captured again. So now we're down to... Again, they do such a great job of pulling these other characters away so that new yeah. characters can come in and do certain things. But it works. They don't. It doesn't feel like you're being slighted on those older characters, but the yeah. new characters have to come in and do certain things. So they get captured. And then Roadblock realizes the Cobra Commander is the only one that can tell them how to get in the same way they left, basically. Yeah. To find a secret way in that's not going to be where they're going to be captured immediately. And the only people left to do it, basically, are a few of the Joes and the Rawhides. Uh, and so they all have to go in and do their thing. And Cover Commander gets them there, and Roblox's like, now which way? And that's when he slithers off. That's like, right. he's held that's on right. yeah, this he, long as long as he could, yeah. to get them there. Um, which I thought was great. Like, oh, looking so back at it, it's like, wow, that's really cool things you did with the Cover Commander character. He does come back later on, to fight the snake that that's the right throws that's at right and he comes yes. and f- battles that one snake at the end um but really this really feels like where they should just let him yeah. do his thing but they get in obviously tunnel rat finds a way to infiltrate they fight their way through and you get some of the coolest creatures throughout this whole sequence yes. where serpentor uh, tells the creatures of cobra law to come alive and defend to the death right. so cool like nightmare fuel basically of yeah spiders and slugs and these creatures and the animation and the time yeah. they put into some of these creatures, like the, the bridge thing that then like sprouts legs and turns into this weird walking yeah. stick spider thing. It was creepy. Yeah. There's so many creepy things that are alive in Psychobra a lot that I wanted toys of so bad. Yeah. And looking back at it, I still want toys of those things. Let's, let's talk about the final battle between, uh, Joe and, and, and Cobra Law. Um, three battles at once. Yeah. Where you, they pair off the three yes. characters. So Really well done. Yes. You get this old thing. It They still do it in movies sometimes, and it seems a little bit corny when they do it. It doesn't, it doesn't ring that way for me watching yeah. this, and I don't know if it's because of my association. But Sergeant Slaughter winds up sort of by default. I think Falcon tries to – doesn't he try to fight Nemesis Enforcer? No, he Slaughter says leave the big sleaze bag to me. Okay, like that. that's right. So Sergeant Slaughter, who's the big, the biggest, he's the biggest, the big up. strong of the Joes. He's gonna fight Nemesis Enforcer because it's he yeah, feels of like course. he wants it. He wants to fight. He him. wants it. And uh, Nemesis Enforcer. He's fought him once before. Or something. Right. I think in the, when they infiltrated the Cobra Terror Drum, I think he had a oh, okay. So he got a little. He got something thrown on his face. At that's that right. Point. Yeah. I thought that happened at the end. No, he gets something thrown in his face when they infiltrate the terror room, if I remember right. Okay. He has to kind of peel That's right. Off. That's yeah. right. So he's got a little beef. Yeah. Um, I remember, too, him throwing that thing on his face, and there's this the sound effect. Yeah. It's so it gets appropriate. Like it's yeah. well, It slaps on there yeah. with, a, like, a wet... You yeah. Know, it's, um, it's so good. Just go back and watch it. But anyway, you got him and Nemesis Enforcer. You got Jinx... And ta- Python, of course. Takes on Python, of course, but... Why not? Why not? Jinx is a ninja. She wants to kick the crap. She don't like that. She don't like that girl. No. She, she don't like the attitude of that girl. Her fingernails are like dripping. 
And yeah. it does this out of focus thing and then focuses it on the hand. I was like, wow, that was cool for animation. That's really cool. There's a couple moments in the movie too, where it almost goes to slow motion Yeah. where, um, who's somebody's fighting. I can't, I can't remember where it is, but there's a part I noticed today where they're fighting and the movements sort of slow down a little bit. He's fighting a bunch of people. Yeah. Really well, that's during the sequence where Falcon's in, in the terror drone. That's right. He's fighting the different. That's right. That's yeah. right. Um, so yeah, and who's the third? Uh, what's the other fight? Galobulus versus Falcon. That's right, Galobulus versus yeah. Falcon. Which it's no Serpentor versus Falcon at first, right? And then it's Galobulus versus Falcon, right? Um, and here Falcon proves himself ultimately by taking on the the head of the Hydra, so yeah. to speak. And um, and he stabs him in the eye with that with that with that worm with time that worm thing yeah he's reaching around and he gets and he stabs him in the eye with it and as a kid i was like whoa that was cool he man. got him he got him he got him good and you even see him you can hear him like pull it out of his eye socket and like trust it to the side um it wasn't until then too that where you see that globules his bottom body has a snake body and yeah. he's been in this pod the whole time yeah, he's been flying around inside this pod and you get the snake yeah. body after that um and so of course the heroes he shuts off the bet but then it's too late. I mean, oh, you get the cool sequence too of Sergeant Slaughter where he's, he's pounding on Nemesis of Force. So he's like, this is for Duke. Yeah. This is for Falcon. And, and this is for the US of A. Yeah. And as a kid, I was like, oh, yeah, that's cool, man. Oh, yeah. We, we, me and my buddies used to cheer that yeah. time. So you, you get, yeah. you, they win. Jinx wins. Sergeant Slaughter wins. And then Falcon shuts off the BET, but then it's too late. And he's like, they're already, the, the spores have already matured. You're too late. It's no. over. And Galavius just takes off wherever he's taken off to. Um, and then Falcon comes up with the idea to rev up as much juice as he can and fry him in orbit. But everything starts to break down and they're destroying. And then you get the cool line from Slaughter. That he's already said once before in the film, uh, we all go home or nobody goes home. And as a kid, when he does that thing where he's spinning Jinx around and she tells him, yeah. I thought that was so cool. Yeah. I used to try and reenact it with my figures. I used to try and like have him holding Jinx yeah. and like try and make it turn and grab. Man, that was cool. He takes that belt off and like snaps it and has her grab it. Man, so cool. So of course all the Joes escape. Cobra gets the, they destroy the spores. They save the day. Um, save the day. They I save guess. the day. And then they get, of course the quick insert line. Hey, good news. Everybody Duke's come out of his coma. Mm -hmm. Come on. No, come on. You don't <laughs> need to put that in there. And then we see the spores burning up in space and you get a great line from Falcon. This should have been what it was where he says, thanks big brother. And that, Works better when he's dead. Right. It works so much better when he's dead right. than it is when he came out of his coma. That's the only gripe I have about the movie, yeah. is the whole Duke thing. It kind of it messes up that sequence and it messes up the ending a bit. But they had to tack in something to tell you that Duke's alive. Right. That way the kids aren't crying about Duke dying. Um overall, incredible. Still holds up. It does really hold up. I it really holds I up. I recommend up. it if you like comics. Not just G.I. Joe comics. If you haven't seen this movie or you haven't watched it in a while, uh, artistically, it's just so cool, man. It's brilliant. It's so well done. And the choreography, the voice, um, acting, the voice acting, the sound effects, everything about it is just kind of picture perfect. The, the music, the score for it mm -hmm. is really good. I know they lifted a lot of stuff from the from the show. Yeah. But um, man, it's it's an all time favorite of mine. And I agree completely. And I just I don't watch it very often anymore, but you know, getting it out today and playing it was uh, was kind of a treat. And there's so many 
so many little subtle things that have just stuck with me. They made an impact on me as a kid. Yeah. And, um, just good storytelling. It's really good, man. It's, it's, it's I, I think it's the greatest piece of, of GI Joe cartoon stuff ever, which we said at the beginning of the, the and it's, it's kind of proper that it ended. That's where Sunbow, Sunbow, however you want to say their name, Sunbow ended their Joes. I mean, this is it. This is the capper. Then it switches over to Deke, and Deke was nowhere near the quality that the Sunbow stuff was. But it's kind of a good swan song to all of those years of the G.I. Joe cartoon. Like, it's a good thing to go out on, because it, it couldn't have gotten any better than that. I kind of feel like with Transformers the movie, they kept on going with the series that took after the movie, and nothing was as good after the movie. It was kind of like the pinnacle. And this, where it was such a departure from what it was going to Deke and the Operation Dragonfire and all that stuff, um, this is a perfect place for it to have ended. Just leave it at that. It was just go out on that. It's that's you're not gonna I mean, be better than that. You're not. I, I understand having like you could have more adventures. Yeah. But as far as uh, I, I was thinking the same thing today. It would have been pretty good, really, for them to end it here because this yeah. is this is it. This is it. I mean, Cobra Commander's gone. It's gone. Th- you know, Joseph won. They've defeated Cobra. It's a good ending to the story, almost like it's okay. That's it. Cobra's defeated. Um, man, still holds up. Still great. Really, really, really solid. We, we had that day that we both were thinking of this because I don't think this would have made it onto the list. I wouldn't have thought about. I mean, I, I mean, had, maybe, I mean that not maybe eventually we would have talked about it. But yeah, I don't, um, I just, again, same as you. It's not. You know, I watched it a lot. I still love it, and I, I've never had really a, a time where I didn't love it. Yeah. It's just not at the forefront for me anymore. I just don't really. Yeah. It's been worn out. I mean, like yeah. I said, I wore that tape out, and so thank goodness yeah, we had on other day. things. Yeah, because that way it made it into the list. Um, yeah, man. All right, so I think I about wraps it up, right? On this one? wrap it up. Yeah. Uh, next episode, we plan on uh, hopefully if everything works out all right. We're going to have an episode kind of focused on the real Ghostbusters, both the cartoon, the Kenner toys, and uh, the new toys that are coming out from Diamond Select. And Zach Oates is going to come onto the show for uh, some of the time and talk about the real Ghostbusters line from Diamond Select and what they're doing with it, um, which he won't be on for the whole show, but he'll be on for that segment. Is that the next time or the time after? That's the next time. Okay, it's two it's weeks from today okay. that he'll be on the show, as long as all the scheduling works out. Right. So even though it's kind of like we should be taking a, an episode – we're talking about current stuff that's kind of is tar- talking about current things. Yeah. And it's not just focused on one movie or something. It's kind of an embracing all the real Ghostbusters stuff. Even though we did a Ghostbusters episode. Yeah. I don't think the focus was as much on the Kenner toy line and the old cartoon. Yeah. It was more on the, the movies, I think. Yeah. Did that. So that's, that's going to be next time around. Um, yeah. All right. Okay. So we're going to sign off on this one and we'll see you guys next time. Okay.